So good to be here with you guys. Thank you. Man, we have the best looking ushers and team here. Dream team. Ow! The best looking. Well, I'm, I'm so excited today. We have an incredible treat. Some special guests that are with us today. Our dear friends and, and family, as we'll introduce Josh and Coco Irby. Can you give them a big hand from Joy Medford? And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a really long time. Uh, today, we are celebrating the planting of Joy Church, Wheaton, Illinois. Illinois. Is it, Illin- do you, is it the S or do you not say the S? Illinois. Silent S. Learn new things every day. We're from Oregon, right? Is that how we say it? Yeah, I'm teasing. But uh, we are, we're so honored to have Josh and Coco here from Joy Church Medford, and they're going to be planting Joy Church Wheaton. And uh, we're going to do a little interview with them and just kind of hear their vision and, and let you guys get to know them a little bit and see how we as a church can support and get behind them and, and participate in what God is doing through uh, their lives and, and what God is doing through Joy Churches as we plant um, before we get started with the interview, I wanted to just share a little bit about the heart and, and mission of us as a church. Um, Joy Church was planted in 2000, Joy Church Eugene, that's us, we, we planted in 2016, there were about 28 of us in a living room in South Eugene, Bethany in my rental house living room that a tree f- later fell on, and good stories, but um, from day one, we started with a heart not just to reach our city and reach our community with the gospel and, and God's goodness, but also as, as a church that multiplies, that, that plants. And we haven't uh, sent out a church plant from Joy Church Eugene yet, but that is coming. Um, with, with the Joy Churches movement, there are now Joy Church Medford, Joy Church Grants Pass, Joy Church La Paz, which is the favorite one to visit because it's in Baja, California. Come on. Scott and Sandy say amen. Yep. And uh, now we're sending out Joy Church Wheaton. So they're going, they're going far. They're not, this isn't like Wheaton, Idaho. This is Wheaton, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. But from, from the beginning, we started with a heart to not just reach our city, but to expand the kingdom of God and to make disciples. You can't see it. Maybe some of you on the front row here, but uh, our mission statement is on this banner here. And we talk about it a lot to love God, love people and make disciples. You know, Jesus called uh, called us in Matthew chapter 28. His last command should be our first priority. When he ascended to heaven, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've taught you, commanded you, and I'm with you even to the end of the age. And we see that Jesus also told his disciples, hey, stay in Jerusalem because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to give you boldness to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost or outermost parts of the world. But in the book of Acts, what we, what we see is the church, they just kind of had a holy huddle. They stayed in Jerusalem. So they have the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's poured out. Tongues of fire. They're speaking in tongues. People hear their own language. Peter goes out in Acts chapter 2, and he's preaching the gospel. And 3,000 men, and then probably a bunch of women and children as well, get saved. And the church is born in Acts chapter 2. But they didn't actually do what Jesus said. They stayed in Jerusalem and they grew and the the church grew. People were added daily, it says. They met in the temple. They met house to house. But it's not until we get to Acts chapter 8. I'm going to pull it up right here real quick. In Acts chapter 8 verse 4, it says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. There was then a great wave of persecution that came in Acts chapter 8. And the believers were forced to go to these different places. Peter or uh, Philip goes to Samaria, as we just read. Believers are scattered. They go all around, and it's persecution that forces them to go. 
And here's what I want to say today. God is going to have his people go and fulfill the mission one way or another. You can either do it because of persecution or you can do it out of obedience. How many of you would vote for obedience? It's like, Lord, I want to do what you've called me to do and be who you've called me to be. And I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and I'm going to, I'm going to do something crazy like what Josh and Coco are doing, moving their family from Oregon and out of a beautiful church community to go to a place that they're not from uh, to share the gospel. Now, you might be like panicking here. Is God going to tell me to go to Illinois today or is he going to send me to the moon or what's going to happen? Well, the answer to that is yes. I don't know what he's going to call you to do, but he's going to call you to go to get out of your comfort zone. And this is who we are as a church. And so if you're like, man, I'm not into church planting. I'm not into being called of God to, to, to go and, and, and do what he's called me to do. I just really want to be a consumer and just be comfortable. Man, there's some great churches in Eugene and Springfield that you'd love to be a part of, and they'd love to have you. But this is a church on a mission. From day one, we've always said, God, you guys did not amen enough. I said, this is a church on a mission. Thank you. Praise God. That might have been fake, but I'll take it. We're called to give. We're, we're called to go. We're called to invest our lives into the mission of Jesus to make disciples here and wherever God calls us. And so this is just the beginning of something that we're going to see a lot more of. And in fact, Josh and Coco aren't even the last ones in the pipeline. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but there's another church that's going to get planted here real soon. And we'll get an opportunity to get behind them as well. So we're excited about that. And it's Bethany now. We're going to Maui. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Peace, everybody. Deuces. Who's pastor? All right, Tank, it's you. Go for it. He's up. All right. I'm kidding. It's not us. We're, we're staying here. Just everybody st keep calm and carry on. All right. But uh, um, there are other churches in the, in the pipeline, and God's going to call even some of you here today who might be thinking, oh, this isn't for me. This is oh, it's so cool. This beautiful family, they're going to go and do good things for God. Like, no, God's going to speak to you today whether that's going to Illinois, whether that's going to Idaho, whether that's going across the street to talk to your neighbor, whether that's taking that next step to invite somebody to church, there's always a next step with Jesus, and we're a church on a mission. Amen? So we're excited to jump in here today, and uh, Bethany's going to carry us forward. Awesome. Well, why don't you guys just, uh, you, will you put that picture of their family on the screen for us? Why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your family? Uh, I'm Josh, if you couldn't tell. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Coco. Uh, I told the first service that uh, I am an unashamed USC Trojan fan. I know, I know, you guys are Oregon Ducks fans, and it's like a big groan, but I told the first service, we got sick and tired of getting our butts kicked by you guys that we had to move conferences, so, you know, good on you guys, good on you guys. Um, no, uh, my name's Josh. Uh, I've been going to Joy since I was 13 years old. So Joy Medford has been my home. Uh, grew up with Jake. Um, have stories, too, of your amazing pastor. And he's definitely got some stories uh, about me. It, it very much is mutually assured destruction. I won't share and he won't share. Uh, but just an amazing family, amazing friend, amazing brother. And so for us, uh, the community, the local church uh, is the thing closest to our hearts. So if you want to know anything about us, uh, know that we love God's house and we love God's people and uh, we feel that our mission in life is to love the community that he places us in. And if you know that about us, then you know who we are. Uh, and it's beautiful to have friends like Jake and Bethany because we know that that's their heart as well. So. 
Yeah, I'm Coco Irby, and Jake and I are actually cousins. And he said earlier that we're the best looking, so I'll just hold on to that. Out of, the out of uh, family, yeah, out of the other, not in this congregation, but from our family, yes. And, you know, we'll just go from there. <laughs> but, no, we're just joking. We're joking. We're, we're funny like that. But, no, I've, I said in the first service that you guys are extremely blessed with the pastors that you have. And I've heard from so many people in the congregation already from first service just how much they felt at home here and felt accepted and loved and appreciated. And I love that, that you, I feel like that's just the Joy Church movement, is that the Joy Churches are there to make people feel like they're a part. Not just feel, but you are a part. And I think that's so beautiful about every church that, that Joy Church plants and the plants that you guys make because there will be plants coming out of this church, and I'm so excited for what God is doing in and through this city and the cities that you guys are touching. It's just incredible. And I'm excited for those of you that do come and visit Joy Church Wheaton because we would love to have what you bring to the table to come and to visit and to to be a part. But the one thing I loved is we came in April, and Pastor Jake was preaching an incredible message. And the first thing he had said to this congregation was that you guys are his favorite congregation that he's ever been a part of. And I told, I took that, and I, I just held on to that because I thought, man, God, I love Joy Church Medford. But God kind of convicted me because I was like, these are my people. And he's like, no, you're going to have your people when you're a place in a place that I've placed you in. And I think that's so beautiful that, that this, these pastors love you more than any church they've ever been to. And how, what a blessing that is to, to have a pastor that's, man, you're my favorite, you know? And so I'm just so thankful to be here with you guys, thankful to, to get to know you guys and excited for what God is doing in and through you. And the, the other thing I, I said in the first service is one thing if you want to know about me is I love the word of God. And one thing I, we've, we do at Joy Church Medford, and I believe you guys do here, is we get to take Bible college classes and, and really dig in to learn the word. And one of the things is you don't have to learn, you don't have to take Bible college classes to know this, is that when we read the word, we're also not just readers, but we're doers of the word. And I want to encourage you as a church, as, as, as men and women of God, as be people that read the word, but do it. Do what it says. Because that's the thing that's just our, our lifeline to, the, to God is, is the word and prayer. And I, and I just want to depart that today. Is, man, God, be people of men and women of the word. Because that's something that I hold dearly. Um, how did you guys know that you wanted to plant a church? I was nine years old uh, when I was at the church that I lived. I went to when I was in California. And we had a, a lady that... Uh, spoke over me. She singled me out in the crowd, uh, which is kind of unnerving when you've never experienced uh, a prophet come and you don't really know what that's like and you're a young kid and she just pointed at me and she began to speak over my life. And I really took hold of that. She called me a pastor and I didn't really understand what that meant uh, other than I saw someone who would stand up on a service and share the gospel and people would raise their hand to accept Christ in their life. And so, but I held on to that promise and growing up, I uh, did Bible college, and it was, I was 19 years old, second year. Pastor Jake was the director at the Bible college at our church, the internship program. And I really started asking the Lord, what's next? 
what do you want me to do? I'm not just in school being trained just to exit out in a year and go into the regular workforce because I had this promise that was given to me. But what do you want me to do? And so I was walking into the sanctuary to do some vacuuming and cleaning, uh, which if you're at Joy Medford, you'll notice that pretty much everybody comes around and is cleaning. And it's like this hive of busyness and busy bees. And so I was getting ready to clean and I walked into the sanctuary and it would be like walking in through those back doors there. And I heard God say, Chicago. And I just began to pray and intercede for the city and had a real burden for the city of Chicago. And to me at that time, it meant the metro area because when you look on a map and you see Chicago, you see right by the lake. But uh, as growing up and praying and visiting the city almost, what, six times now? Uh, Chicago to me now and to Chicago to the area doesn't just mean the metro area, but it's this sprawling landscape of different cities and suburbs that surround this metro area, this northernmost hub, the largest city, uh, the third largest city in the United States. And it's amazing. And so it began to grow and I began to have a heart not just for the city, but for the surrounding areas too. And there's something like 77 subsections in the city uh, and yeah so I'd not just for Joy Wheaton but we're believing for churches in each one of those subsections of those cities and the sprawling cities outside of that too and the need is great and when the need is great God raise, raises up men and women who have a vision and who are obedient um, so that's yeah Awesome. Uh, so at a young age, I would say my high school years, I felt the Lord put a heart, heart to be a pastor. And I didn't know what that was like. And I said in the first service that I was actually not saved, but I knew of Christ and I'd gone to church, but I wasn't, I didn't actually have a connection with the Lord at all. And when I graduated high school, they say, what do you want to be? And I said, pastor, I, I don't know. And I wanted to go to Bible college. I mean, like there was just a desire inside of me that I didn't actually fully walk into it until I was older. But it wasn't, there wasn't a specific word. No one said pastor. It just was something internal. There was something that just drew me to, to want to, to be a part of it. And I didn't learn about church planting until I went to Joy Medford. And then I heard about church planting. I thought, oh, man, that must be what I, I meant to do. And so it wasn't this word. or It was just something internal that God was doing inside of me. And then when we started courting, which is kind of the old tradition, what we talked about. But uh, he had said, you know, he felt like he was supposed to plant a church. And I said, oh, I think that's me too. And so that's kind of how I felt like we we're going to plant a church. That's awesome. Uh, when I was in a junior in high school, we had to take a, like a career test on a computer. And I got, you, you get three options for your future career. And I got, um, you know, like religious involvement. And then I got entertainment industry. Or roofer. So, you know, the roofer. Um, so, <laughs> what advice would you guys give to someone who feels like they are called to plant a church? Uh, serve your local church. If you want to be a church planter, serve this church, serve this house. If this is your home church, you call Joy Eugene your home as if you were on the field planting a church. What better environment, what safer environment to, to, to practice what you feel God is calling you to do 
than to be surrounded by people who are on mission with you, who can believe with you, who can encourage you, who can coach you along the way. You have two amazing pastors and an amazing pastoral team with such wisdom that it would be, it would be insane to not utilize those tools and those resources to your advantage. So I would say serve here as if you were on mission to plant that church. And then secondly, um, I don't want to steal Coco's thunder, but I think I might just a little bit. Um, but I'm going to go back to what she said in the very beginning, and that's love the word of God and love his people. You know, align your heart and your mind with God's word and what God is telling you to do. And there isn't anything that God won't be able to use you to do. And count the cost. Ch planting a church is difficult. Um, it isn't always, you know, the microphone on stage. There's a lot of things that go along in the back of the scenes that you don't see. And just begin to uh, count the cost. But if God's calling you, God's going to equip you. And if he's going to equip you, he's going to send the people, the resources. You will succeed when you align your heart and your mind and your desires with the will of God for your life. That's really good. I would say invite your pastors and your team into, your, into the thing that God's put on your heart in the place that, you know, you really need to get a word from God for, for yourself, you know, not just what somebody else says, but really grasp what has God said to you. I know when he told me Chicago, I was like, what? And so I'm like, Lord, help me. So I went into the prayer closet and I said, God, you need to speak to me that it's Chicago. And I'm telling you for six, eight weeks, I was in the prayer, like God and interceding. And the Lord spoke to me vividly. Like I know he spoke and I just held on to that. So you need to hear from your, for yourself from God, Lord, is this, and then guess what's really cool. That's why I'm saying invite your people and cause they're going to confirm it. And then second, I would say be present in every season. Stop living for tomorrow or even someday live right now because there is character, there is grit that, that God wants to impart in you. And that's where you get developed is in the, the regular things that, you know, for a long time, I would go on a Wednesday morning and serve at our church, just cleaning, putting things inside the, you know, the pews. And it was a joy. Can I tell you, it's better to be someone that's behind scenes for the longest season that God will keep you there because there's something that God does in there. I would rather sit and clean, and I, I've said this, when we get to heaven, I would be willing to just clean a toilet. And I would pray over that holy thing. <laughs> I would. But you know what? There is joy in the behind the scenes and not having to be, you know, it's not all about the stage. It's loving people. If you don't love people, then you're not in the right position. You got to get out there and say, man, it's so good to meet you. I'm so glad you're here today because God's going to meet you and you're going to find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference, <laughs> right? So I would say be present in every season. Surround yourself with good voices, not just anybody. Say, God, who are my voices? Who am I allowing to speak? And God, I need a word from you yeah. and hold on to it. Those would be my three things. That's awesome. Yeah, give him a hand. That's awesome. I, you know, just as a pastor of the church, I want to clarify, theologically, there are no toilets in heaven. 
Um, <laughs> all of what needs to be gone is supernaturally gone. And there's also flying in heaven, in case anyone, and we all eat Italian. The, le- the wedding feast of the lamb will be Italian. So there aren't many things I can really confidently put my pastoral stamp on, but those things, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But the Italian one, I think I'm the most sure about. How many of you would say, yeah? Yeah. Huh? Wow. What, what's going on here? I feel like this, this a little hostility in the room. Forget about it. All right. Uh, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about the kingdom of God is that it has never been and not ever intended to be a movement of professionals or superheroes doing super things, but literally Christianity from the very word go from the mouth of Jesus to his, his people was always God, an extraordinary God doing extraordinary things through ordinary people. And Josh and Coco are extraordinary to me because of who they are and what God's done in them. But I don't think they would describe themselves as extraordinary. Josh gets, he, he's worked at Costco. How long have you worked at Costco? 12 years at Costco, which Costco is awesome. So it's not, n- not putting down Costco. Who's going to pay your salary in, out there in Wheaton? The Lord. But I mean, who's he going to use initially? Costco. Yeah. Wow, they make Costco employees call Costco the Lord. That's intense, yeah. That's why they're ahead of everybody else. They have that loyalty. But I think a lot of times we over-spiritualize the movement of the gospel and the mission of the kingdom where it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to be fed by ravens. Like, no, Josh and Coco are going to go out and they're going to get a paycheck from Costco initially. And maybe, maybe you know, as the, as the Lord breathes on the, the church there, the, the, and God specifically speaks to them, hey, you're going to now receive a salary from the church or whatever. All of that's on the table. That's available. But like without over-spiritualizing it, how cool is it that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things? And a question that, that we have is this. You know, you, we, we ask the question, what advice would you give someone who feels like they are called? But let's talk to somebody who's sitting here and obviously not, not everybody is called to wear the title pastor. I understand that, okay? But like, what about somebody who's saying, you know, I don't think I could be part of a church plant or whatever. What, do you guys, what would you say to the people to, to really speak to that call of God that we're all supposed to be a part? Uh, everybody put your hand up to your face. Now blow. If you can breathe and you can blow air out, then you're called. It's that simple. Um. Pastor Jake, you know, very wisely said, not everybody's going to be a pastor, but that's often the position that gets looked at. But what about the person that is out on the streets waving and greeting people? You're just as valuable as the person who's presenting the gospel. As a matter of fact, in Medford, we've had, I don't know how many families that are coming to our church now, not because of the messages that were preached, not because of the amazing worship, but because we have people that are smiling and waving and greeting. And they said they came because they saw the smile on their face and they were being waved at. And they just said, this is where I need to go. They're happy. They're joyful. So everyone is needed. And if you feel unqualified, good. So do I. Actually, I think the Apostle Paul uh, said that he felt unqualified. He actually prayed that the Lord would take the thorn out of his side, but he's, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. 
So if you feel weak, great, welcome to the party. I'm sure Pastor Bethany and Pastor Jake would tell you the exact same thing. Or anybody that's on staff that's working, that they would tell you that they feel weak. But what's great, in our weakness, who's made strong? He's made strong. And I think if we can come to grips with that reality and that truth, that it isn't anything that we can make, that we can do, that matters. It's that in our weakness, God can use the most unlikely person so I would challenge you today, if you say, well, I'm not qualified, good. But you can breathe, so you are qualified. Do you love people? Great, you're qualified, because there's someone that needs to be loved. Are you taking, is there an empty seat next to you? I see some empty seats. Great, you're taking one up. That means that there's someone to the left or the right that needs to be there because you know them. The fact is, is that we're all called into ministry. We're all called to serve in some capacity. And I would challenge you and I would encourage you. I would, I would say, I would even go so far as I would dare you to step out in faith. Embrace that uncomfortable, awkward thing that you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Because that's probably the Lord pushing you to say, you know what, you probably need to do that. You probably need to step out. And just watch. It's that amazing moment of faith where you're so uncertain. You're not sure if the, the floor is going to be underneath your feet when you take that step. But you're obedient to the word of God and you're obedient to the Holy Spirit. When he's calling you, when he's, he's uh, drawing you forward and you step out, and guess what happens? That moment of faith is met with solid ground. And God is there in that moment to do something that you thought was un, or that was impossible. And he does it. Yeah, God isn't looking for, for for perfection. He's looking for obedient hearts and willingness. And I think that if you think that maybe you're because you're not on a you know a stage preaching or singing or whatever that looks like, can I tell you today that you're so valuable and you're so needed? And first and foremost, thank you for serving this house as faithfully as you're doing because you're doing an excellent job. But maybe God has been put tugging at your heart, and you know he do, you know when he's doing it, because I know when he's doing it. And I'm going to tell you, Josh and I feel that, that we're not perfect, and we're, we feel, I feel so unqualified. I literally, we're in Wheaton two days ago, and I'm like, God, are you sure? I'm like, I'm excited, but are you sure? You, and then I'm thinking, God, you know what? Yeah, okay, you're sure. But I'm just thankful to be used. And I think if we could set our minds to kingdom-minded instead of our daily thinking and say, God, what does your kingdom need today? And how can I build it from where I'm at? Or, God, where are you calling me to, to, to place me? And I think sometimes we can get in this almost like, I don't want to say dead air, but like nothing's happened. It's because we're not in the right place maybe. And I think there's something so powerful being in the place that God is asking of you. And stepping out, I, th I think faith isn't faith until it's all you're holding on to. And so I know that's been our heart for this season is, yes, we're scared, but, God, we got faith. In, and it's not what faith, it's whose faith we're holding on to. And I think that's so valuable. If you think, if you read Hebrews 11, that whole chapter, just a chapter on faith, is they, oh, the one thing they all had in common was who they believed in. And all the needs that they were going to need and all the things. But God meets us in everything. So a high five somebody because you're doing an excellent job. I'm so, it's incredible the, the, well, the work that you're doing here. But God has so much more for you. And can I tell you that today? For you.
Um, do you guys want to just kind of quickly share with us what this first year is going to be like when, when you guys are moving, that sort of thing, what this first year is going to look like for you all the way over there? Awesome. We are so excited. We are moving August 29th. And can I tell you, this has been a dream in our hearts for a really long time. And to see God's faithfulness, can I just tell you an amen? Because he is so faithful to his word that we've been holding on to. And guess what? We're going to get there and we're not going to hold, we're not going to let go of it. Because if we do, then we're going to be in big trouble. So we're going to hold on to God's promise. But our first year is going to be us just getting integrated into the city and just inviting God to say, God, organically, how can we meet somebody today? And really taking every day saying, Lord, what can we do today to serve Wheaton, to serve the community? We're not there to be big shows. We're just there to be Jesus's hands and feet. I want to be more like Christ when I get anywhere I'm at. But specifically when we get to Wheaton, I want to be like, Jesus, how can I meet that person's need how can I go and what, what do you want from us? And so I think just getting integrated, meeting people, and just from the get-go, we're going to have people in our house and just saying this is our vision is we are here to plant Joy Church, and we want you to be a part of it. We want you to be on, on the team as we launch. And so that's kind of our biggest um, part that we're going to be doing when we get there. Yeah, our, our sanctuary is going to be our living room. Our worship team is going to be my wife and my son playing the guitar. Um, we're a team of five. That's our three kids, my wife and I. Uh, and our goal is to meet people where they're at and invite them into our home. And that's so central to the early church and the gospel was they met, they met home to home. They had all things in common. They shared. And there was this earnestness and the sincerity that they had with each other. And out of that earnestness for the gospel and the sincerity and the love that they had for each other, revival broke out in the city. And it could not be contained to Jerusalem, so it had to be sent out. And we're really believing that from our small uh, living room, wherever that is in Wheaton, that we're going to be able to cast a vision that reaches the entire city of Chicago. Yeah. But real practically, it's going to be in our living room. It's yeah. going to be loving people. It's going to be having pasta and soup and really, oh, man, deep dish pizza. Lou Malati's, if you ever get to Chicago, skip everything else. Lou Malati's, it's the best, butter, butter crusted pizza. Um, but, yeah, loving, pe loving people. All right. Well, how can we pray for you? So we're all, we're all going to pray for them, right, guys? Yes. So what are some specific things that we can be praying for you guys about? First and foremost, just our family. So our marriage and our kids, it's so important to me personally, just that we're healthy, that we're, you know, clear-minded and all of those things. So that's first and foremost. And then just that we'll meet people organically, you know, have healthy conversations and, and you know, there's words that we are holding on to that, you know, uh, a, a woman of God gave us a word about our kids and just said, you know, a key people from your team are going to be people that they're coming in from your kids. And so just, you know, holding on to those things. And, and you guys are awesome to believe with us and pray for us. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah, our family, pray for those men and women of peace uh, as the church grew in Acts and throughout the God, or throughout the New Testament, Paul and the different ones that would go out, they would find uh, men and women that received the gospel with joy and gladness, and then they would build a community, and they would begin to build what we now see as the different churches in the New Testament, and what we get to be a, a part of now is 
really built around finding those common people that believed and loved the Lord, took the gospel, made it their own, and believed in the greater vision of sharing the gospel to the people around them and winning their community. And so for us, it's we're praying and believing, and we want you to invite, or we want to invite you to pray and believe for those men and women of peace, uh, because God wants to do something in Wheaton, but he wants to do something with you guys too. And for some of you may never come to Chicago, but your prayers to meet those people are just as important as us sitting and having coffee with them and buying them dinner. So really that's something that you can definitely pray for and agree with us. Well, thank you so much, Josh and Coco. Can we give them a hand, you guys, and celebrate them? Exciting that you guys are planting. And, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share in just a minute here uh, how we as uh, Joy Church, Eugene, can support and, and get behind them. Uh, before that, I want to ask our elders to come up. I know, I think David and Kelly were here first service, but uh, those that are here, Scott and Sandy, if you're able to come up, and Mark and Lori, Mark's got to make the run from the sound booth. And, and uh, yeah, come on up, you guys. We're going to pray a blessing. And then everybody here, maybe you're new in church, but this is what we do in church. We extend our right hand. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, do it. Come on, participation, boom. Look, you're all like doing the force. Okay, we're gonna pray for Josh and Coco. Scott, would you do the honors of praying for these guys? Send a blessing from Joy Church, Eugene. Father, we thank you as we stand with these people, Lord. We thank you that they're like Peter, that we're in the boat, that you said, Lord, bid us to come to you. And God, that they, that Peter answered that call. And to this day, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the only one that we know that's ever walked on water. Father, we ask that that kind of faith would go with Coco and Josh, yes, God, yes, that they're going to be great lights in that place that they're going to, to the place of Wheaton. And God, that they right now are hearing the, the cries of those who are crying out for God to come and, and, and move in their city and move in their yes, families Lord. and move in that, in that place. God, we ask that... that Faith, Lord God, would rise up in them, Lord. Yes, Faith Lord. that would Bless see the supernatural just commonplace, Lord. We know that as you send us out, God, we, we, we don't know exactly in what direction we're going to go, but, God, we know that we've been fired from your mighty bow. Yes, God, we yes, ask Lord. that you would hit the mark, Lord. Yes, in Wheaton, God, that you would bless and anoint them. God, that you would just raise up for them a family that yes, would do Lord. the same. God, with like hearts and like minds. Father, that you would bring yes, unity Lord. in that place. We look at Wheaton as a place of darkness, God, because um, there's just been a lot of things that have happened in times past. But God, that you're sending forth your light. God, we ask, yes, Lord. Lord, that you would... Keep them close on our hearts, Lord, in our prayers, Lord, that we would undergird them with all that we have, God, that we would support them in the ministry, God. We yes, ask Lord. that you would bless the wor this work, bless Lord, Lord. Yes. and we look forward, Lord, to the day of celebrating with them and their new family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Love you guys. Well, everybody, real quick, I want to share just a couple of quick ways that we can practically serve and help uh, this church plant. You know, like I said in the beginning, our mission as a church is to make disciples, and, and we, we are not uh, looking to consolidate our resources and just kind of hold on to them tight. Um, I really believe that everything God has given us as a church and us as a people group is meant to be held with open hands, and the Lord wants to see it go into the harvest and go into the kingdom of God. Can I hear an Amen. And so let me give you some practical things. Three things right now that we can do. Number one, we can pray. 
And this is not, we don't just say this because, oh, we're Christians, we pray, you know, everybody pray. Like, write it down, put, get a picture of Chicago. I can send you one because Bethany and I were actually there two weekends ago and I took an amazing picture from my iPhone <laughs> of the skyline. And I had to just crop my thumb out of it. And after that, it was awesome. But, um, but uh, put a picture of the city in your, in your Bible. You know, maybe we can get a picture of Josh and Coco for a refrigerator magnet, you know, on the, and then you can pray. We'll see. But anyways, all joking aside, let's really hold them up in prayer. One of the things that, that we find is that every community has different spiritual authorities that are principalities and powers over those cities. And how many of you know we have our own issues here? How would you like to have some believers from over there praying into our situation? And we can pray into their situation. So let's pray for Josh and Coco, for Joy Church Wheaton, for the city of Chicago and the area there. Uh, the second thing we can do is we can give. We as a church are a generous church. We give 10% of every dollar that comes in out to missions and to church planting. And so we're going to give as a collective church. We're going to be giving to this church plant. But God would all, could also put on your heart to give. Um, one of the things that Bethany and I are we're all about is we, we don't want to control things. We want God to move in people's hearts and generosity to flow. Joy Church is not a, is not a place that rivers run into. We are a hub and, and, we, and things flow out of here. So you're not going to find us being like, don't give to the church plant. You need to give that to, to this church or something. Yeah, we want you to give to Joy Church, but if God puts it on Eugene, but if God puts it in your heart to give to this church plant, give to that church plant and be generous. Just be obedient to what the Lord's calling you to give. And so we're, what we'll do is we have, we'll put a giving category on our website. So if you go to joyeugene.com slash give, might not be there today. So just hold your generosity horses, hold them back, you know, rein them in a little bit. But uh, you can give online and you can put uh, the, the Joy Church Wheaton will have a category there. You can give to that. Or if you end up writing a check or a, uh, a cash, you can put it in an envelope. Just make sure you put the word Wheaton on there or Chicago. If you don't put that on there, it's going into that new parking lot that you see out there. Um, and uh, yeah, how many of you are excited about that? Like, yes. Just real quick, I'll get back to us what we're going to give to Wheaton, but um, praise God for what he's doing here in blessing us. And I only heard two people got attacked by dogs because they had to park other places. So <laughs> that's actually true. Anyways, next week, we'll, the same dog, the same dog. Yes. We will be parking in our own parking lot. Yes, it's true. Two people were attacked by a dog today. Anyways, great church, great family church. Come on back next week. But um, <laughs> it's just so funny. They were not injured. Okay, they're fine. The dog is, you know, no longer with us. But anyways, no, I'm kidding. The dog's fine too. The dog is fine too. Man, I'll be here all week, folks. But praise God for what, what he's doing here. But give, we want to give to uh, Joy Wheaton. We want to support. So if you put in a memo, check or cash, you can write it on the envelope when the offering bucket goes by or in later weeks as God puts it on your heart to support them uh, financially. We want to give. And then the third thing, and this is a big one, and I'm going to go fast because we're running out of time, but if the Lord by chance or the Holy Spirit put a spark in you today as Josh and Coco were sharing their vision and just talking about the city, and, and there was something in you like, I'm supposed to go. Um, then I want you to hear me say it first as your pastor, we support that God is not just going to send our prayers, that he's not just going to use our resources, but that he might actually call you and your family to physically go be a part of the spread of the gospel in another community. So, man, I love Eugene, as Coco shared. This is our favorite place. Bethany and I love our Joy Church Eugene family. Come on. 
and love each other. But we're not from here. We're from Medford. We grew up, she's not even from Medford. She was born in, in California, you know, and came up, uh, the Lord, she had some deep sin in her past, and so he had her marry me <laughs> as an act of spiritual discipline. But Bethany and I are from Medford, and so in 2013, we, we sold half our stuff, literally sold about half our stuff, gave away our dogs, I cried, and we moved to Eugene to serve this community where we're now planted. Um, God might speak something similar to you. Now, here's the deal. Like, Josh did a great job. If you can breathe, you know, if you have oxygen still flowing and you're still with us, uh, you are called to go. That doesn't mean that you're necessarily called to go to Chicago or New York or Finland or wherever God might call you to go, but you are called to go every day into the harvest field where you are to share the gospel and love people and make disciples. But as I say that, God also is doing something beautiful, raising up a couple, Josh and Coco and their family, to go to Wheaton and perhaps somebody from Eugene. The Lord would speak to you and say, this is for you to go as well. And I'm just telling you, this is not going to be the last time you hear this. So it's not like you're missing out if you didn't feel it this time and you're like, I know I'm supposed to go or I'm not supposed to go. I don't want to go there. I want to go to Maui. I'm waiting for that one. But just be obedient to the Lord. And if he does put that in you, be willing to take that, that step of faith because the place of God's planting and sending is always also the place of God's blessing. And so we as a church are not going to be a people that stay. We're a people that go. Whether we, whether we go where we are every day or we actually end up going somewhere else to plant churches, then God would call us to do that. So would you pray into that as well and just be open to the Holy Spirit to speak to you that he could potentially be calling you to be part of this church plant? And, you know, we'll have conversations about that. It's not just like, oh, I just want to live in Chicago, so I'm, now I'm Josh's associate pastor. No, we'll have conversations. And, you know, if you stink, we'll just be like, they stink. Don't have them come on your team. You can still move to Chicago, but we won't let you go to Joy Church Wheaton. You'll have to just go to some Baptist church or something. So anyways, I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. You guys all right? Did everybody else spend too much time at the fair this week? Or like, I feel like I'm the only one having fun today. Are you guys having fun? All right. Okay. Anyways, the Lord could speak to you to go. So that being said, we're so excited for Josh and Coco. Love you guys. So proud of you. Excited. And Joy Church, excited for what God's doing through us. Amen. Real quick, if you would, uh, if you would bow your head and close your eyes, I want to just give an opportunity as we close today you know, we, we didn't do a, a sermon today. We, we're kind of just talking about the mission of Jesus and, and what he's calling us to do and what God's doing through Josh and Coco and through us as Joy Church to plant them into, uh, into Chicago there. Um, but I know that every week there are people that come to church looking for hope, looking for love, or maybe you don't even know what you're looking for, but you realize that your life is not going the way that, that it should be. Um, we, we believe something very clear. It's at the foundation of everything that all of us need Jesus to save us and that there is hope in Christ, that by placing your faith and trust in him and receiving what he did for us at the cross 2,000 years ago that we're made right with God and we can have a relationship with him. Out of that relationship comes inner peace and out of that relationship comes joy. Out of that relationship comes purpose like we're talking about today. I love that God he wants to give you a place at the family table, but he also gives you a place in the family business to go into the world and make disciples, that you're part of something making this world more like heaven than it is today. But it starts with putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is a decision that you make to say, you know what, I'm not going to trust in my own good deeds, 
to, to get me into heaven. I'm not going to look at, at my accomplishments or I did more good than bad. At the end of it all, we've all done more bad than good. And what we realize is we actually need a savior. And if you're at that place today to be humble and say, you know what, I, I, I need a savior. I want Jesus to save me. I want him to become the Lord of my life and direct me in my, my steps. Would you just raise your hand today so I can see? And we're going to pray this with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Let's pray this prayer together, and then Shanti is going to give you a couple of steps to take to begin that journey of following Jesus. But it starts right here with this prayer. Let's all pray it together. Dear Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I know that I have fallen short of your standard, but I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be right with you. I place my faith and trust in you and in you alone. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate that.